Well, someone's <laughs> feeling a little bit fiddly with their diddly right now. Bo diddly. And how? By the eternal. Behold. It's the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm John. And I'm Michael. And John had to take a moment to think about whether he was on the right sequence. I'm in a different seat. I'm watching clips happen. Every clip. All the clip. All the time. I'll back off a little. I can make that work. I mean, at this point, who who even cares? We're yeah. all gonna we're all gonna be dead next month. Anyway. That is the hope. <laughs> Asher finally had his dream come true of a biblical plague to send on this country to wipe him out without him doing anything. I know. It was like someone get like they set a booby trap with a shotgun, like like in Saw. You know, where there's a little the tripwire and there's the, the shotgun above the door frame, but ah. the shotgun instead was just someone sneezing into his open <laughs> mouth, and then he's so sick that he thinks that it'd be a good idea with a high-grade fever to still try and load gear and come play a show with us instead of doing what literally everyone is imploring everyone to do, even evil corporations at this point, mm-hmm. such as the ones that he works for. Are and like, we work for. Yeah. Are saying... Just stay home. Yes. Like, sure, you're not going to get paid and we're not going to cover your benefits, but stay home so that we can force the other people to work to death physically. Uh-huh. It hadn't even occurred to me in thinking about that, about the circumstances that we were dealing with at the time that that call came through. I just went into logistics mode of, okay, we need to go play the show. I could have given two shits what he was sick with. Mm -hmm. And now it occurs to me that that was a really dick move and it still hadn't bothered me until just, you know, hearing you say that. Shane, (laughs) you and I have been heterosexual life mates for a while. Mm -hmm. Sorry to talk about uh, this. Like you're not in the room. We're going to cut you for a bit longer here. But you and I yin and yang pretty well. So I I have reached out to Asher and I've asked him how he's feeling and Mm. how things are going and he hasn't responded. I think he's dead. No, he responded. Uh, (laughs) I got really uh, excited for a couple seconds. He responded. He's feeling better. He just says uh, he's almost back to normal. He's just feeling weak, which is how he usually feels. Yeah. Yeah. Will. Good. Um, yeah, I guess before we rolled, we just figured out, Michael, that you, uh, you're you're not going to see your your dear friend for, for a month. Yeah, um, in one of my D and D groups because I technically have two. Um, Nerd. Yeah, uh, he d- he took a trip to Europe uh, starting at the beginning of this month, and uh, he was planning on being back, and I think like a week or two. But now that's not going to happen, as of what you said. Uh, yeah, four, four minutes, minutes ago. Four minutes yeah. prior to us recording, it, uh, Air Trump. Uh, announced that there's going to be a travel ban for 30 days hey, hey, uh, hey. from the Europe or from Europe to from the Europe to the U.S. From the Europe, That's be respectful. Cool that is our insane clown president you're referring to. <laughs> I am sure that he has at one point been drenched in Fago. And as of four o'clock this afternoon, um, a University uh, is no longer going to be having physical classes on campus for two weeks. Yours? Yes. Wow. Yeah, they are. They are only going to be teaching classes electronically. So uh, they will be presenting via Zoom, with the exception of things that absolutely have to be taught physically, like someone's, uh, you know, labs here with circuits and you know soldering. Yeah. Now how how do you both feel about that? Because I feel that it's 
from from your perspective, like uh, is Shane, are you salary? Yes. Okay. So at the end of the day, I mean, it, it'll probably end up, you know, just coming out in the wash. But if you were an hourly employee, I think it would be frustrating but necessary. Do you agree? Well, they're not shutting down services. Right. So they're basically only protecting the students that, uh, you know, would normally come to congregate and the faculty who teach those classes. They're letting all of us peons still get sick. That's, right. you know, because you don't whole... matter. No, yeah, we're not people. So, uh, we are a non entity. Mm-hmm. Got it. So, it, they, you know, we're expendable, crew expendable, priority one. Speaking about ice truckers. Indeed. Uh, so we were talking up. Well, I mean, it's all that you can really. It's like the four, five top trending things on Twitter right now, uh, as coronavirus and that being declared a pandemic. Uh, my wife was talking earlier today about like you know her clinic is being shut down. Like they're not seeing people inside the clinic. She does home health, so she's still doing her normal operating procedure. Um, <laughs> But she was talking about, like, well, you know, what happens, like, if this keeps going and, you know, then I'm going to be out of work for a while. Like, what do we do then? And it was uh, – she was being serious, uh, slightly stressed, and I suggested she starts an OnlyFans. <laughs> and the OnlyFans would be her diagnosing other people with medical problems and the only – the ass. <laughs> yeah. And the only resolution is her sucking them off. And then after they get sucked off, they feel better. We've already done this with your – ex-girlfriend so i mean you might as well get filmed with your oh wife i told that and... story in a in a jeep and not on the podcast i forgot about that yes that. but i mean we i don't can, know if we there's can a tell delicate way maybe here. if we need a bookend story tonight okay we, we that's can tell it. um but she was like yeah it's gonna be really interesting for for my only fan patrons to just see you being diagnosed with different things and then getting blown and i was like no it's not you <laughs> There are horses involved, from what I understand, based on her prior therapy Well, I told her, like, on the same vein. (laughs) Um, Pun intended, yes. (laughs) On the same vein, like, if you keep diagnosing me with different things, you're going to run out eventually, so then we're just going to have to get to the therapy, like, the actual, like, mental therapy section of everything, and that would be really fun. Oh, you're you're super depressed and insecure. I guess I'm just going to have to empty your big dumb balls. <laughs> there are, funnily enough, like there was uh, at, at one point I saw a, a young lady who was apparently like her therapist was treating her for acting out at home. And that's how he treated her. It, Blowing her? It, it, yes, <laughs> by sucking by her, her dick. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's, but yeah, it's just like, I'm going to pound some sense into you and this is how we're going to, I was just like, the plot lines for pornography, we're already back on point here. It's our lane apparently, but. Hey, uh, I just want to point out that I didn't technically bring up porn porn. I wrote you. If you think OnlyFans is not pornography, then obviously you're not a golfer. I have yet to subscribe. I need to, uh, I need to get my subscription. I need to get my free trial. Yes. Uh, from that dummy account. I forget what it was called. I mean, there's so many dummy accounts. No, no, the one that, that we're, that we're doing by. for idiot. Yes. That, that you created. Yeah. Uh, it is, I think it was, uh, at disinformed idiot or yeah. something akin so, to that. Yeah. Anyway, I, I need that subscription. There, there are a couple accounts right now that I would hand, I, I would spend $14, uh, just, just, just to get the mystery out of the way. I would staple my hands together. Well, for about $13, I'd eat the money. Yes. yes. I would write them a poem on any topic of their choosing. Well, I guess to be a little historical about, um, I guess, 
therapist pleasuring their clients. It's I'm pronounced not, the hoo-hoo-mist. And I'm intrigued. Ah. Um, and I'll future me as a note to fact check it just in case it isn't true. But I do recall reading that um, back in the day when there was, when people were being, um, women were being uh, diagnosed with hysterics or hysteria. Yes. Uh, one of the common uh, solutions to that was pretty much just masturbating. Pleasure or getting off. the doctor forcing yeah. himself on them, which I was going to say there, I was going to trigger warning for even use of the word. I wasn't going to go there. Uh, I was going to lead. Into, well, I already said it. So I yeah. mean, we might as well just, yeah. Who, who me for that too. I I'm all over the who, who's here. You're Dr. Who, who I am. Dr. Who, <laughs> that is actually a wonderful handle. I was, do- I was Dr. Triple X for a while. You know what? You should, Professor change, your, uh, you should change your Twitter handle to Dr. To who, Dr. Who, who. Yeah. I'm sure He's it's the one taken. you want, Doctor Who. Who Motley Crue has a song about me now. That's... I'm sure you can at least get the Instagram handle probably. without question. Probably, yeah. yeah, yeah. It always is pretty jarring when I'm on Twitter, and it's happened over the weekend because we had the the poll that that we were running mm. um, and retweeting it, and then seeing that you liked it, but your Twitter handle for your personal account, it always. For some reason, it always feels like someone foreign liked it until I see your your profile picture next to it, which is a very, very dated picture of you, I think. Yeah, yeah, because that shows how frequently I use Twitter. The last time I logged in was 2010. Yeah. Wow. Not really. But I think the last (laughs) time I actually had posted anything frequently was when I was working downtown. And that was not a metaphor or a euphemism. I was literally downtown. At Van Buren? No. Yes, on the corner. Mm-hmm. Well. Out in the street. Downtown, it reminded me of going to concerts and then big public gatherings. It's so crazy. Spectatorless sports. Uh, I think it's hilarious. Like, can you imagine being a professional athlete? I'm thinking about, like, NBA. Like, with the Wizards uh-huh. game. That's, and that's playing for no money, basically. Playing for nobody. And I mean, um, you know, European soccer. Uh, like, that's what they've been doing for the past week anyway. And the NCAA is going to be doing that for, yeah. Now, admittedly, I'm not a sports guy and I I don't fully grasp all the concepts, Mm. but Shane, I know that you grasp far more than I do. And you've been an NBA fan forever. You're WWE or, or F. I don't, I, I'm, I do not prescribe to that at all anymore. That is, it's mostly my like young adult life and my childhood was wrestling. It's, I follow it just purely out of morbid curiosity. You probably followed it back when it was called WWF, not WWE. I know I got to the E section. I probably fell off the wagon around like 2008 when it stopped being, I will watch like WrestleMania or had up until the last two years because it is, it's like a seven hour show and it is ungodly nonsensical their commentary is direct the stuff is ludicrous it. anywho go on uh michael are you engaged in any sports like it's anything What's that you a sport cool i mean <laughs> so, he slaps balls around but in an entirely different context so, so in no my head counting there <laughs> in my head it takes a level of, of well obviously like the pressure off like one way or another with or without an audience there's going to be the competition between both teams, mm-hmm. but I feel especially like if I have the context of college football and like Becky explaining like, yeah, it's really hard for them to hear. Cause I was like, how do they have false starts all the time? Like what the fuck? Like don't they use their ears? She goes, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, the crowd audience, tends it, to overwhelm the it. reason yeah. that they roar. It's that's why home versus away games are so important. Mm-hmm. 
and why you can get help re- with that a little bit too. J- to to take a leaf from your book and interrupt you while you're talking. Oh, thank you. Um, that actually, I was in the marching band uh, and the pep band. So marching band did football, pep band did basketball. Uh, we had explicit instructions that essentially, like I think five seconds before um, hike, we had to cut music. So that we didn't unintentionally, like, we could get fined, we can get in trouble, the team could get in trouble if we were still playing right up into that height. That's really interesting. So we literally had to watch the conductor, or the band director, and then also the drum majors for an immediate cutoff, even if it's in the middle of a song. Okay. Um, because we w- didn't want to do that. And then also, especially given um, the college that I f- go to, um, they yes, were yeah. one of the first people to do uh it's called the curtain of distraction for mainly men's basketball because the student section was kind of sexist and didn't like supporting our women's team which is a way better team but anyway um consistently our women's team is better than our men's anyway they would essentially whenever there was a foul point shot they would show up bring a like a pretty much like a curtain and someone would dress up in a ridiculous outfit or two people or something, and the curtain would go away, the curtain would part, and then they would be doing something silly to try and distract the person shooting the foul ball. Bullshit. No. True. True. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll show you. Slide it's not anecdotal lies in the yeah. course no. of stories. Yeah. It was with uh, the 942 crew to be a little bit more specific. Oh, you were in a gang. I was not. I Roll got a shirt the from homies. them, but I hated them because they prevented us from doing a lot of our band traditions. We couldn't do specific, like, Olays after three points, whatever. I won't rant on about it. But essentially, yes, no, I agree. There is a fan component. That's why they're called, in football, the uh, 13th uh, player, I think. Okay. Right? That's that's the term. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's something yes. similar to that. But, yeah, I, so, I just think it would be really comical. And I know they're they're most likely going to air, right? That is really going to be their only source of income at this point, is that they will still I be mean, able to get the monetary rights from showing on television. But, yeah, that's... Completely sucks for everyone that works in those stadiums. Like, oh, yeah? That rely on, like, I can just think of the people relying on tips. Uh, the hourly alone, but, ah, Jesus. We are on the verge close. of a really bizarre economic sort of collapse well, we've already at this passed point. that with uh, the stocks right but like, i mean on on in uh, actuality just point of fact of people trying to pay bills and make it moment to moment here i the only saving grace we're going to have is like for food delivery services and those selling toilet paper which is the most ludicrous thing in the world for people to think you need a stockpile um i did have a question i'd forgotten it until you said that um I don't Shame. clean up with toilet paper after I jerk off. I, I just, you know, oh, spit I do. on it and oh, let it go. No, I do, oh, I I do a, a hybrid. I use an actual towel that I wash every you so often. monster. When wow. it starts talking um, to me. It saves the environment. Have you either, Shane or Michael, used a bidet? I have not, but I have squatted over, you know, my little shower wand, uh, you know, just to, to get up into my just, naughty bits. So just to, you know, just really tickle the process. Just clean out down there. You know, you want to make sure you get all, any free flowing things there. Charlie horse. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, Michael. Uh, no, I haven't though. I do know that there is a friend of ours that has one at his current place of residence. Yeah, I've been tempted to use it, but I've never had to brown when I've been over there. So exactly right, because it's like just wait until you need social to. full pot to do it, unless yeah. you're going to be there for a long time. I just feel like if I were to use the bidet without pooping first, that it would be the like feet. 
you know, yeah. be like putting a finger up my own butt just for the sake of saying that I did it. No. <laughs> I think, you know, anytime you can freshen up down there, I mean, manscaped, to your point of, uh, you know, wanting to get yourself the, the lawnmower to trim up, oh, it, they also sell those crop mop ball wipes. And we are not sponsored by Manscaped at all, which we should be, considering the volume of body everybody. hair in this room uh, <laughs> that needs to be maintained at some point. I have to hire small children from the neighborhood to come and shape me, because there are just parts of me that I cannot reach without help. Uncle Shane needs his monthly trimmings. (laughs) Indeed he do. Oh, boy. (laughs) Speaking of economies collapsing, when you moved up from your last neighborhood, those children, they suffered. (laughs) Yes. So now I have to call in people from another neighborhood to come in, and it's it's basically they show up with one of those trucks and the the bits hanging off the back end, the hedge clippers, and uh, you know the various accoutrements one uses for yard trimming. Yeah, yeah, they have to use those on my thighs. So it's uh, <laughs> damn, it's a good time for all. Michael, now that we have uh, spun a coronavirus web enough. into our show. Uh, what are we talking about today? Well, shoot. Honestly, I was just going to see how long we could go, because if we went for long enough, I would say we could just call this a free form. I was going to say, what did I tell you before we even started this? Is I was like, we are going to have plenty of things to chat about without bringing any topic into this that really, as stressed as you were, and as sort of like nonplussed and out of sorts as you were when I walked in, I was like, we can just talk. It is a podcast that is in, you know, intended for just uh, existential crises and off-the-cuff conversation, oh. extemporaneous speech, if you will. Mm, yes. It's tempting. It's tempting, but I don't know. Sorry, well, I just watched a uh, a Rogan podcast to to trigger you that had a physicist on it, uh, uh, and it wasn't Neil. It was Brian Green. Green. Oh, he was talking about, uh, well, he's a physicist, John, but he actually was talking about quantum mechanics Mm. and uh, yes, Brian Green, the physicist. Mm. And And yes, I know his last name is spelled with an E at the end. It is indeed. So yeah, we were talking about the diminishing sort of energy in the universe and how eventually all of the protons are going to collapse, I think is what he was discussing. Uh, So that's a theory that everything decays currently protons we haven't found decay yet we haven't found evidence of that which would imply that they have a half-life of 10 to the 43 power or something he, hey, well, he started okay but you know? the, in the discussion <laughs> so, that we were they were bringing up and i found it really interesting because he was doing what you talk about doing is trying to make it relatable he was saying in the grand scheme of everything for if you view time as a building say this, it, it, you know, relative to the entire time of the universe itself, we are on like the 38th floor of a building that would be like the Empire State Building. So we have a significant ways to go before we get it anywhere near where this is going to eventually happen. But relative to the universe itself, it's a pretty short time comparatively. But uh, he was also talking about they uh, started talking about time prior to the Big Bang. And the way that the discussion sort of started going out is he said it's, um, you know, time is a construct for us. So we basically view things that are relative to us. So basically trying to talk about the universe prior to the Big Bang, there was no context. Okay. So you have absolutely no idea to really even theorize 
what was occurring there. And there's a lot of terminology utilized I don't understand and a lot of things that kind of came up. But it was a fun thing to think about just as a thought process for me. So you would probably really enjoy the episode. So give it a listen. It was okay. fairly recently that it popped up. That actually, so. is a, that actually is a good thing to like just mention just offhandedly is the accessibility, like bringing physics to just the lay person mm-hmm. explaining something that especially like when you mention physics people are like what about quantum mechanics or how about general relativity or why does light bend or you know crazy stuff like that and it's like well I, it's why is hard the earth to, flat? yeah exactly well i mean that's something that i encountered while trying to make the flat earth episodes yeah part things never going to happen uh probably not uh maybe Thank maybe God. once i like I don't know, level up a couple of times or something, level up my speech skills a couple of times. And okay, maybe, so by episode 247? That that might be a little too low, maybe like 300, 400. Okay, um, we're on the 38th floor of our podcast. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but just using, especially like using words like, because this is something that I've noticed even in most of the other episodes that I've done research in was the idea of energy. Mm. And especially like watching... Or hearing about like paranormal activity sort of stuff yes. where they say there's a spiritual energy here. Mm. Like whenever, because I had this conversation with um, my girlfriend and a couple of her other family members when we had a conversation about paranormal like ghosts. Because one thing that her and I want to do is actually go stay out in Jerome at the Grand Hotel. Fun. Because I don't believe in ghosts. I wish I do. I wish I would. But I can't just based off of how I understand the universe. But she does. I think so. Um, but I'm not going to disparage her for it because, like, <laughs> what's the point in that? Like, I'll disparage people for, like, young earth creationism or something silly like that. But ghosts, it's like, uh I mean, there's some, well, like, theoretical – or there's some hypothetical things that you can ask about, like, what keeps a ghost to a particular – relative location on the earth because the earth doesn't it's not we're not set in a specific place but whatever well dan Aykroyd would argue that the curlians were photographing people's souls as they left their bodies and apparently determined that it has atomic weight so that people's weight would shift so like 21 grams is supposedly the weight of the soul and the person would be lightened by that volume once they passed and shuffled loose the mortal coil. So the only time where I actually appreciated when that popped up was when I watched Full Metal Alchemist. Okay. <laughs> Can we point out the fact that John is 87 <sighs> years old right now cuz I'm like cackling. You are already yeah, like, I hit Ehh! I oh, gave myself my a Charlie horse and then I it felt really good walking on it. Uh, cause, you know, cause it kept everything like nice and warm right, and loose. Right. And the Moist. moment that I started, like, we, I think it was like at the 15 minute mark of this podcast that, like, I, I moved my leg up. and I was like, oh God, that is so impossibly tense and tight. Like, you know, like how it feels like when you have a muscle spasm. Yes. And you can, like, it's like when your toe curls on its own. Uh huh. You've got to get pressure on it. My quad is doing that right now. So, like, I'm slowly, like, trying to massage it while we're talking. And Shane, bless you, is the only one that can see it, like, as it's... Like, it's not like your eyes have anywhere else to go. Yeah, I I can't uh, see. Literally, my mic is blocking any sort of light. I'm doing what you do to your significant other when they start saying some bull mess Uh around you in a public place where you just... Yeah, you jerk them off. (laughs) Like, try to stop them. So if you you're sitting your next hand. to an old woman at Alamo Draft House and they start insulting the guy sitting behind you, you, you get your hand on a thigh and be like, hmm. yeah, and you give them that hard squeeze. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, doing yeah. that to myself. So I was gonna say, you. as someone who like did squats competitively 
in high school, I know what a thigh cramp feels like. That is the most horrific pain. Like, a Charlie horse is bad, but your thigh, you can't get that. Like, you have to stand up and lean on your leg to get mm-hmm. any relief, and it's ghastly. And now just how our podcasting, uh, like our recording schedule this month looks, it always falls on the day where I do my cardio, okay. where I, I, I just run myself into the dirt if I can, which mm-hmm. is usually like I run like three and a half miles is like my benchmark for like just cardio. Uh, uh, so doing that and then having that, it's just, it's all compounding, which is, which is fantastic. But to bring back to Michael's point, cause I'm trying to rectify that we were ADHD ridden bastards last week. Yeah, we really were all uh, wait, Which board. point are you getting back to? Um, to your, to thing. your supernatural and to energy. Okay, cool. Um, cool. Cause I wanted to get back to that too. So I read a book a long time ago, and the moment I say what it was and who it was by, it's going to lose all credibility. But it put But it put the thought into my head, and it, it was one of those moments reading where I kind of was like, I completely agree with this, and I didn't know how to articulate until I read it. But Corey Taylor <laughs> from Slipknot, Stone Sour, and, and what have you, uh, no matter how you feel about him, he put out a couple of books. His first one was Seven Deadly Sins, which was kind of just exactly His what you expect from a rock star. <laughs> yeah, it was just him just being like, here is all the bad shit that I've done on tour. And you're like, ah, it's fun to read for $15. Like, it's a quick, like, one night read. Um, and then the other one that he released, or that he's probably released more, the last one that I read was his second, and it was called A Funny Thing Happened, um, I think On the Way to Hell or On Way to Heaven. Anyway, it's his experiences on the road with paranormal activity. And it's pretty fascinating, but he admittedly is an atheist. Uh, and a majority of the book, he's talking about how it's completely fine to be an atheist and still believe in ghosts. And what he brings into play is that he believes, and a lot of people around him instilled with him, uh, that when we pass on, we leave behind energy. Mm-hmm. And that is what manifests is those orbs that you see in pictures and, and all that. It gets a little deeper and gets a little kooky and, and here and there because I'm not... I fucking, I'm never well, they, gonna be one of those people like, oh, if you got an energy. Man. They do talk about like, uh, spectral remnants or like a res, uh, resonances, uh, and sort of like there are hauntings that are intelligent hauntings where there's, purporting that something still exists there and is aware and then others are sort of like consider it an echo of an event that happened or energy that is still there that's mm, kind of a remnant or a spoiled yeah. you know area as an so. aside i finished the first season of lock and key Ooh. really good though as i told him i would wait for season two and three to come out because they're filming both oh nice mm-hmm. you mentioned echo and i I mean, I until the mm. filming is canceled or postponed to, to, due to the, uh, the virus. I mean, we're all going to be dead oh. in about a month anyway, so this is not going to matter. But, um, that, okay, like, I see what you're saying. Sorry, I now actually... Are you I'm feeling your... Are you, you feeling... Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I'm feeling it. Um, this is how it, it happens. This is how it gets in. Yeah, actually, I would say that. That's how I almost didn't finish my prepared material that we're not going to cover tonight. Um... Because I got distracted looking up something about the Black Sea deluge hypothesis, but then I was going to add it, and I read that it was controversial, so I wasn't going to add it. So I was like, oh, cool, I just wasted ten minutes looking up something that I'm not even going to add. Sweet. Uh, And then I also spent five minutes looking up to see what a dog is closely related to in common ancestry, which I spent time, and I'm like, 
You worried about your girlfriend? Or? No. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that it what didn't count as cheating. Um, Before you talk oh, about energy and continue your thought, because we're not going to oh, fall off Oh, I finished that thought, so, so go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Bringing it back to the coronavirus, my sister sent me this uh, screenshot yesterday from Twitter. I don't need to hear about your incest, John. It's fine. You're incest. going to anyway. So Stephen King yesterday <laughs> tweeted, no, coronavirus is not like The Stand, his book. <laughs> it's not anywhere near as serious. It's eminently survivable. Keep calm and take all reasonable precautions. And somebody responded, and I can't tell if they're trying to be funny or if they're just seriously, like, just freaked out and peeved, like, and how the hell would you know? Did you even read that book? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean... Because we've already he, made that joke, like, ten times. Oh, yes, we, we're does, calling it Captain That Trips. person does have a point, though, depending on when in King's life he wrote it. He may like have blacked Cujo. out the whole thing, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, he might not remember it. Though I do know that, at least based off of his uh, foreword in Pet Cemetery, that he does reread them as mm. a final editing process before he gives it to anyone else, uh, which is actually a pretty cool idea. Um, but Speaking of, that's a Sigourney segue. Oh, yeah. yes. To Phoenix Fan There's going to be a lot of discussion about Stephen King this year. If... At Phoenix Fan Fusion. Actually, if it happens. I do agree That with is that a good if. question. Shane and I just had a fucking show get canceled on us. We, we were supposed to have a show on Sunday night, mm-hmm. and it is now effectively canceled. Because South by Southwest, in case you've been living under a, a rock, has been canceled, which affects so many artists routing, if they've been on a tour, or if they're mm-hmm. on a tour presently. Um, they kind of hedge their entire season around that. You know, yeah, it's a yeah. big, big financial boost for them. Mm-hmm. It's a big reason to to do a tour around spring. Um, so as they say, you know, when Satan closes a door, he opens up a window. Um, I, I thought what you said was uh, when God closes a door, he pushes you out a window. Yeah, that's that not was, what I, I think that say. was the, the actual <laughs> quote, if I recall. Um, so our show got canceled. Because the headliner, Great Grandpa, which are, they're just amazing. Um, so that happened. Not they can't, flippantly speaking, yeah. by the way. Right. <laughs> based no, no, on they, your they're, tone. They're, they're they legitimately are a amazing. great band, yes. Um, so that's not happening. But because South by got canceled, Sarah Shook and the Disarmers now have a reason and a need to pass through Phoenix. So in two weeks from yesterday... They're going to be at that venue we were supposed to play, the Rebel Lounge, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be there. It should be a marvelous evening. Uh, it's gonna be my first country show. Well, you uh, know, if anybody else shows up, mm-hmm. I was making that joke with Dewan. I was like, "Well, uh, I was like, did you buy your tickets yet?" And he was like, "Nah, buy them in a couple of days. It's, nah, it's not gonna sell out, so you're pretty safe." Yeah. Also saw pictures of a uh, my first ever ex girlfriend, and she just traveled to Japan. Um, well, girlfriend's pushing it. Well, I stalked her, see. No, um, (laughs) no. Um, well, anyway, my first infatuation, and we, like, I don't know how to tackle that. Wow, this is, we devolved in Woody fucking Allen's back. Yeah. You're giving off a kind of, like, desperate energy over here that I can see, like, your aura. Can you feel it in your mouth? You've got, like, a weird, like, purple color in the base of your 
fourth chakra. Usually it's yellow for jaundice. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like Joker or the Prince, where it's like... Anywho, this girl that I used to casually stalk... Um, Did you ever engage in any physical activity with this person? Like saying hello or being within 10 feet of her? Yes. Okay. I'm saying, were you intimate with this person? <laughs> we were not intimate in did the sense physical. Did you kiss her? Did you yes. Hi, did okay. you handshake her? But we never, like, dated, dated. It was, it's a weird okay. long story But, I mean, at time. least you had some connectivity. You make it sound like you were stalking her from the bushes by her home. It felt too personal <laughs> to casually. say girlfriend. He said casually. But so I don't know. This, there's not from the bushes. step between friend and girlfriend when you're young and you're, like, 13 or 14. Dude, I didn't kiss somebody till I was 18. So Yeah, me either. I'm still saving my kiss for marriage. <laughs> I mean, they have a pretty large catalog. I could imagine why you would want to, but, you know, you can rock and roll all night. Jesus. Fuck. It doesn't count if you do it in the um, butt. If you give her the love gun, then you can give her all the kiss you want. Anyway, a woman that's never going to hear this podcast. Um, you hope. Which is why I was stumbling over myself. I was like, if she ever hears this, it's going to sound really weird because she's going to know. She she doesn't. It's okay. It wasn't happening, <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. Oof. This is the perks of like you and I knowing each other that just a name is gonna fuck us up for twenty minutes. <laughs> um <laughs> anywho, she oh, she you. posted a pic she just traveled to Japan two days ago, which is hilarious to me. Uh she missed the country. Yeah. And she posted a picture today from her flight, and it goes, well, the flight to Japan was pretty bare bones, and literally it's like five rows empty. Like, almost, like, left behind. Like, yeah. Just, pew, Those travel bans are intense. Uh, I saw a meme, too, that was, uh, like, a Hard Times article that was, like, 27-year-old buys $4 tickets, uh, $4 plane tickets around the country claiming, if I die, I die. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think to look how cheap uh, airfare is right now. Unless they're just canceling flights outright, because why waste the jet fuel? Yeah. On where where seven should people? I where should I try and see you if we can, we can fly well, Southwest that, Airlines? Because I know you not? wouldn't listen to me That's anyway. Not I can talk like, about energy. Let's see if I wanted to fly to let's go Phoenix. What do you want to go? to? Where, where do you want to go? Whose energy? Well, let's go to New Brunswick, New Jersey. To New. <laughs> Because it's Brunswick. the Garden State, and it's beautiful this time of no, year. No, choose a choose a state that already has an outbreak. <laughs> Fly to Seattle. What? Uh, well, I mean, mind you, it would be Frontier, and I mean, ooh, okay. Ugh. So Frontier right now, and this is just a uh, just me googling Phoenix to New Brunswick, uh, and also right get now, the date and time. It is currently March eleventh at eight something. Uh, we can do round trip for seventy seven dollars. To New Brunswick on Frontier. Yeah, it's a four and a half hour flight. Uh, we can also fly United for 107. Wow. At this point, uh, I think it's actually, time to travel. Me, you are free to move about the country. This because this yeah. is, let's look at what the homeland looks like. Let's see what Phoenix to Chicago. Oh my God. Uh, we can go <laughs> to right Chicago now. for 75 bones right now. As of right now, wow. I am booking a flight and we are not recording this podcast anymore. Yeah, uh, this <laughs> is crazy. Up, um, uh, let's, what's American? San Diego. Because yeah, it has a that. major outbreak. I wonder Oh my how God, American. It's $97. That's Jeez. what I fly. Every single time we go to Chicago, we fly. <laughs> Jeez. To uh, San Diego, you said? Yeah. Since this... there's that whole uh, cruise ship. That's. I think oh they've recently God. docked. I can't remember. Do you guys want to take a stab? If they did, I hope they filmed it. 
Um, ooh, I hope that, yeah, that peaked. Nice. Um, I'm going to say $40. $89 on American, $53 on Frontier. Um, wow. Jesus, I can't believe that I didn't think to look this up prior to meeting you guys tonight. Please come fly our friendly yet exceedingly overwhelmingly virulent skies. Yeah, Please. I feel I feel like we get an asterisk for this episode because it's not every day that the day that we record a pandemic is announced. So this is a freebie, extra, loosey-goosey episode. Oh no, we're still going to make Michael read this stuff now. I've, I want to make sure we get about 40 minutes into the episode and then I'm going to make Michael Panic present. roll him? Yes. <laughs> no, what I'll probably do if that does happen is I'll just cut it and have two episodes and just be a par- two-parter. And be like, fuck you guys. I mean, not if I hit you over the head really hard. Aww. Listen, I've been carrying this vial of Corona virus with uh, me. And hey, you got any limes? <laughs> <laughs> you made me very happy today, Shane. Oh, no. My coworker Dewan, who is infamous on our podcast at this point. Yes. And who is. you now kind of follow on Facebook. Like, yes. you see his activity he, a lot. He and, actually sent me guys... a friend request, which is my requirement for if I'm going to have any Facebook activity, I will not initiate. Same. I have to make sure someone wants me. Yeah, Same. it seems like you guys are willing participants now, like, yes, on, on, yes. on each other's contents. Um, and he told me in person, and he made a Facebook status, like, a couple days ago, very vehemently against people that make the low-hanging coronavirus jokes um, or just bring it up into conversation at all as something with humor. Yes. Uh, and just how, like, easy it is and how it's kind of like people asking how the weather is instead of having a real conversation. And what do I wake up today and what has he done multiple times today except share memes about coronavirus and then make other posts that are tangentially related to coronavirus and when i respond back to him going oh so you say that those aren't funny and then you share memes about it and he goes well this is funny (laughs) that's not match that's not how you felt when you were close to blackout (laughs) drunk two nights ago so you gotta choose a lane and you gotta stick to it It's it's either you're gonna be part of the survivors or you're going to be part of rick grimes uh you know is it the, they're not called the survivors negan and who don't look at me i i saw season one that's my it. recollection of the walking dead at this point is behind a it's wall fine. of trauma essentially you either you're Ouch. either with rick grimes or you're with negan yes and you gotta choose and and you don't get to switch sides or you can be in the middle you can be the zombie that's fine well john I've always said, what's good for the goose is good for the asshole. So, you know, he you can, he can do whatever he wants. Times. <laughs> well, on Shane's reading corner, Shane, what are you reading right now? I am still balls deep. <laughs> that was just so. Yeah, out that of was nowhere. not a Sigourney segue. <laughs> that was Sigourney <laughs> ham fisted. Yes. Yeah. Well, if you want to go, uh, you said you were going to start rereading The Walking Dead at some point. Uh, so. No, re-watching. one of my, one of my co-workers read- said oh. he was going to start rereading The Walking Dead because he's now fixated on all of these sort of like pandemic and outbreak and dystopian things happening. I am still balls deep in it. I just finished the scene where uh, Richie and Bill go into the basement of the house on Kneebolt Street Ooh. and encounter the teenage werewolf. Spoilers for those who may or may not have read the book, It. From so. London. 
No, that's an American Werewolf in London. I was a teenage werewolf. Is the film there? Thanks for trying. Yeah, I mean that was a that was an you you attempted to you know allude to a movie that you probably haven't seen though. Okay, (laughs) I've seen the transformation sequence. The transformation sequence is famed. That is probably and it's still to this day the best looking werewolf transformation ever actually manifested i have not seen it it's rick baker uh and it is phenomenal it is if the, the only parallel i can make to it is the uh, uncle frank reconstituting out of the floor in hellraiser what about the jesus wept scene is one that sticks with me it's but i mean no i just on sheer the how good that looked right up until the last sequence where you know the body's like out of the floor but like the way that the blood and everything trickles up onto the brain as it's reconstituting and, you and things are like that. wearing a Hellraiser shirt, so this is I am. fitting. I was it's, gonna, a, it's appropriate. I was going to note that. Yes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I'll check it out then. Yeah. yeah. The only werewolf transformation scene that I can think of is lame, and it's uh, Underworld. It's not horrible. I mean, that's a fair to middling. Okay. I mean, if you really want to get down to, like, horrible, go, like, Benicio Del Toro, Werewolf, or, um... Oh, my God, is that the one that has uh, Anthony Hopkins in it as well? He, um, no, Anthony Hopkins right? is in... Well, he, it might be. I actually didn't see the film, so... Uh, Anthony Hopkins is also in Bram Stoker's Dracula, so I've got my wires crossed there. But, yes, he may be in that one as well, okay. if I remember correctly. Or you can go Bottom of the Barrel, Werewolf, Twilight. Well, that's so, it's CGI, and that's, like, so super quick. Well, I mean, technically so is Underworld. Uh, Though they went, they CGI into practical effects, so the makeup effects and everything on that. The Lycans actually are really, I love Underworld, by the way. One of, that is a phenomenal movie. I don't, the sequels didn't hold up as well. The original is fine. It was the nice original's gothic great. Romeo and Juliet kind of thing going on there. I still like the sequence of her jumping off the top of the building and just landing on the street and starting to walk is one of the fun film sequences that I play well, over in my brain. It was around all, or it was like right in the midst of all that like early 2000, early to mid 2000s, like, New metal, goth, rocky, heavy eyeliner, like uh, modern rock. Super gothy. Gothic. Would um, you like to know what my Bloodborne character that I started with uh, is now? Yeah. So I have named all... So my first Bloodborne character was Puriel Barker, because Puriel is my handle in case anyone wants to track mm-hmm. me down and play, and I won't because I'm not on. Uh, the second one was Clive Kinghill. Okay. That is a, but my current one is an homage to you gentlemen. Oh. Is it called Count Fuck? No. <laughs> its name <laughs> is Gothic Lovecraft. Did so. you know that I also nodded to our uh-huh. podcast for, for my Bloodborne character? No, I didn't know that your character name was. Yeah, what, so what's I your... sent I'll I'll show uh, Michael a picture after we're done here, but I uh I named my character Vladborn. <laughs> oh yes, okay. I may have Beautiful. seen that and not acknowledged it when I saw, but I saw the picture you sent. So yes. which uh, if you were on PlayStation Four and you want to participate in the Return to Yarnum event, which happens for the next two weeks here in March, and you're not going to have anything else to do because you're quarantined. Uh, my handle on PlayStation is Papaguac six six six. That is P A P A G U A C six six six. Let's co-op and invade or play through things. That'd be fun. I just uh, slayed uh, Parl. And I did that got too. Through yeah. my second 
uh, of the Chalice Dungeons. So I'm on to the third Chalice Dungeon. Yeah, I finished that, and then I finished The Witches, and I'm just getting into the woods, and I haven't done the second Chalice yet. This is terribly boring for everybody else. Hey, you know, there could be Bloodborne enthusiasts Um, listening to this at this point, you know, who want to talk about energy and, uh, you know, young Earth creationism later. Right. Michael, are you reading, or you're reading uh, Pet Cemetery, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, because I upset you, because you frequently told me to listen to the audio recording, and I still disregarded it and just got the... Uh, Kindle version. Oh, there you go. How how are you liking it thus far, by the way, since I talked about me hating most of the characters in that book? I just got past part two and the funeral itself. The fist fight was the most recent. (laughs) You know, the funny thing about that, and I should clarify, when I say I hate the characters, they're well-written characters. They're just deplorable individuals. There's not a lot of sympathetic characters in that book, and it's really hard to empathize. So that scene in particular, I was like, everyone in this is a heel. There is no babyface in the entirety of this program. It's all a bunch of assholes. I, I like his wife. I think, I, I think the, the wife in that the book. Guys the wife cool. is super moody, needy, like hyper uh, exaggerated like, female without, character. Without getting into anything to spoil Michael, by He's the end, yeah. by the end, by the end of the book, I think that that the wife is. It's what you're saying. Like I'm not condoning actions in mm. the book at all, but as far as being a well written character, she was the most captivating. I liked hearing about her point of view the most. I was going to say, like, if only by contrast to the fact that everybody else basically... I think Judd is the closest I got to saying, like, a character that I feel like I empathize with. Because he, he really did it under the best intentions. I don't think that it was malicious in the way that it all, you know, manifests initially, where he just... He really wanted to do good, but he didn't see what would subsequently happen. Which so. they bastardize his character in any movie that... Yeah, it's adaptation. difficult. Like, this most recent one I watched, it was fucking trash well also he never his wife is never represented which is another pivotal Big. part of his yeah, character that's the whole reason why yes they do the stuff with church right because i'll just use names so saying it, it and you don't know yeah. it it won't mean anything but if you do know it then you'll get it like using yeah. names obfuscates so there's no spoilers right. until you actually watch it yes mm, or read it because apparently mm. I won't actually uh, watch the movies because I've heard they're garbage. Yeah, I wouldn't watch them. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, it's entertaining enough if you, again, if you want a bite, like a pill-sized form of it that's just easier to digest. Like, they're not horrible. Both of them are entertaining enough to get through. But Okay. Yeah. And I probably won't watch them. Because I'll watch them if they're yeah. absolute trash. Because I love watching dis- terrible movies. I'd really love to watch with you guys one day Bird Your Demic. parents' wedding tape? Huh? <laughs> No, I think they lost that or recorded over something with that. Um, the night at, the night preceding or following their wedding night, they still have, but, uh, anyway, <laughs> cutting that probably won't. No, we um, uh, leave it in what no one's uh, ever said to John. <laughs> what was I saying? My ADHD is like terrible. You right said now. there was something you wanted us to watch. Oh, yes. Um, presumably a horrible film. Yes. Or um, a horror film. A movie called Birdemic. If you've ever heard okay. of it. I have not. Ooh, it is count me in. probably one of the worst movies of all time. That or my absolute favorite worst movie of all time, um, which actually recently had not a reboot, but a movie made about said movie. Ah, John's um, Wedding Video. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the movie itself is called The Room. 
Yes. Which well, that is infamous. We've seen the room. Yes, yes. Oh, well. I haven't seen the room, but I've seen the disaster artist. I've seen the Roomba. I've seen DJ Roomba. The Roomba thing reminds me because I watched a YouTube video of it. I didn't watch an actual movie. There is a horror movie out recently called The Drone. It's about a possessed drone. Fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> we are so bereft of original ideas that even that, that feels like a Stephen King pull where it's like, okay, well, Sell. we yep. have... Uh, no, I was going with um, the... Oh, my Lord, I'm going to space... The, but the, the one, cell phone Christine. One? Oh. oh uh, the where the car? truck... Yeah, where the truck reanimates. Oh, man. Because, I mean, it, 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 take your pick of any number of things. Oh, it's probably a ripoff. It's, it's a pretty bad movie um it's the not sharknado they at least were aware of it especially in later movies uh which i don't mind if they're like fourth wall breaking or whatnot but i just i just love terrible movies um but the whole plot because i'm going to use this as a sigourney segue back into the energy topic but i was about to use it as my sigourney segue ouch <laughs> well i guess the first to anyway um the whole idea behind the movie was that there was this evil hacker dude uh, that was using his drone to take lure, uh, like lewd pictures of uh, people, whatever. He gets caught by SWAT, and right before he gets shot or something like that, he yells a bunch of binary, and then a bolt of lightning strikes him, and his spirit so is transferred into the drone. So he's shouting, like, 01001001? Yes. <laughs> yes. But, like, he's acting it out, so he's screaming it at the sky? Yes, and then he gets, like, Thor struck by lightning, and... Uh, then, so it's the introduction of child's play, basically, with a drone. Yeah. All right. Oh, my yeah. goodness. But his spiritual essence, his spiritual energy, was transferred into the drone. Okay. Which, that is actually a good... Sigourney see, segue. Yes, yes. Back into our original conversation that we had a long fucking time ago, um, earlier this episode, about the idea of the concept of energy and how people misconstrue it with what it actually is. Because the idea of energy is its not that it's some sort of, like, thing that pervades the universe. Mm. There's always something that carries the energy. It's molecular. Yes. Yes. Where there's, there's always something physical that carries it. It's not just, like, by holding your hand out in space, there's energy there. We were it's, talking about this uh, on that particular podcast. The example that they utilized was temperature. Ah. And how people associate this somehow the region or something that is causing a temperature. And it's like, no, it's just the molecules are either moving very quickly or very slowly. And depending upon the movement of the molecules, that then causes you to feel that as either excruciating heat or cold. Yeah. And that's something that it's difficult for people of, I almost said of my persuasion. Uh, uh, so, Furby's? Yeah. Uh, yes. It's actually called um, furries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I was uh, I going with this small, big-eyed, like, stuffed animal. Oh, he has I love name. you. Um, <laughs> Barney? Aside, I one hate. sentence statement. I hate furbies. They honestly terrify me. <laughs> anyway, it's so difficult for, for people in my... I can't say profession because I don't consider myself a physicist until or I get into a PhD. But whatever. <laughs> People that study physics, 
it's very difficult to try and explain some sort of like especially the idea of the concept of energy because mm-hmm. in order to explain it in the concept in the way that we use energy the way that we explain it the way that we use it in our physical calculations and everything is the whole idea that it's it's carried by it's carried through a medium whether it is uh protons or particles or anything like that the energy is not an actual physical concept. It's not a physical thing. You can't grab energy. So whenever people talk about spiritual energy or residual energy, it's like, well, what is that? What is what particle is holding that? What is what is containing that energy? Because mm-hmm. energy isn't just existing by itself. Yeah, it's contained within something, and that's why it's hard for me to believe in ghosts because it's like, well, what caused that spiritual energy? Like. Penis. Then I start going down the... What? Penis. Penis. Okay. See that? Like, I wouldn't mind that if someone literally... I was like, well, why is that ghost... Why is that spiritual energy? And you're like, well, it was stored in his dick. Here we are back on ghost dick again. <laughs> well, well, then you could argue then that you should be able to believe in haunted things then. Homeopathy? Yeah. Like, the water remembers. <laughs> or, or possession. Yeah, the no, possession. I like that. No, honestly, like, I like that because, like... How can the house remember? Why, why does, why do these particular configurations of wood or brick or? It's, it's the particulates of water molecules yeah, in the it's air. The ratio. Yeah. Oh. And yeah, so it's being See, brought back I like down. That. Yeah, it's condensation <laughs> is where ghosts come from. Excuse you. I don't know why, but that reminded me of another conspiracy theory about coronavirus. Actually, well, I was going to mention the other thing about uh, before not to totally no, no, cut you it, off, but since we were go on the it. energy topic, I was uh-huh. like, have you ever watched a group of people be asked what a calorie is? Oh, for for no. all you science oh. nerds out there in the world, do you know what a calorie is, John? I don't. So um, it uh, well, is. Are we talking about existence. a metric? <laughs> are we talking about the okay? So a metric calorie, what we consider calorie is actually a kilocalorie. It is the amount of energy Needed required to heat, to heat a, a kiloliter. No, uh, to a heat pi- a, a kilogram pica. of water by one degree Celsius, yes. I believe. Yes. And, the, so, and the, I think I always heard it was something like a picoliter of water or something. So I, I have no fucking idea what you're talking so, about. A picoliter, it, that's like who knows? really, really small. It's probably like a picoliter of water, like a tenth of a centigrade or something stupid Heaven like that. Ho- yes. Once you, you can deal with like numbers and all you But want. in any event, yes. Yeah. So a calorie is the amount of energy needed to expend to heat water. And this okay. is what we use to then refer to what we then have to expend from our bodies in order to burn food that you have taken in so it's yeah but you watch a group of people be asked what a calorie is and just combust i would watch that video yeah yeah that actually uh, would be quite funny it's featured in uh supersize me they ask a, a group of individuals to really see what a calorie is. i don't, I I don't remember that but you're right i saw it probably not too long after it came out so i don't remember i'm it. a goon for documentaries so i tend mm. to we watch things but so we watch get you back. Anywho, to your yes. So theory. energy, you were talking about uh, you know. after you're done. With oh, that. I had a I had a segue or a security segue to the coronavirus because you mentioned watering remembering. Water remembering and yes. Conspiracy theory was what immediately popped in my head. Have you guys heard the recent conspiracy theory about how the coronavirus was transmitted? Uh, the uh, anteater nonsense that or, or the animal that has it is that what you're asking oh, or, or uh, how no, it's no, transferred no, no. it's like an actual conspiracy theory that i've seen like a couple places it's it's quite funny okay so we all have um 
this is the version that I had read recently. We all have a sort of hibernating version of the coronavirus, which was manufactured in China um, in us. It was spread through chemtrails. Okay. Um, but the only way that it gets activated is with 5G. <laughs> and one of the major, and the first cruise ship that was docked in Tokyo that was state, like quarantined for a month or something like that, that had 5G on it. So they were like, that was the main like that vector for spreading the virus because anytime you use 5G, you can reactivate your virus that China manufactured. <laughs> well, that's almost as ludicrous as people saying if you spend time in a sauna, you can kill it faster. I like the alcohol um, version of that where you just drink enough alcohol kills viruses and stuff like that. So just get yeah. yourself drunk. Was, uh, speaking of Duan and bringing him back in here where uh, I think they were showing like Corona and it was all of the quote unquote colored people waiting for it with ginger ale <laughs> and uh, it's something else. So yeah, it's just like someone greedily standing there holding a cup. So okay. Yeah. Uh, I saw one with a uh, meme with Tom Holland uh, looking behind him on a plane panically. Uh, and it's like when you hear someone cough on your $50 flight to Italy. <laughs> um, but let's, uh, we, we accidentally had a lot of doom and gloom on here because it's topical. So I think, as mentioned at the start of this episode, let's end out on a story uh, involving just an itty bitty penis and a desperate broke couple. It sounds reasonable. Let's so, set the scene, Jonathan. What year was it? Um, 1847. The year of our Lord. The American frontier. <laughs> so the last girlfriend that I had before I met Becky, uh, we've talked about her before. Yes, Tyrannosaurus clit. <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about her before on this podcast, I think. You, you've said her name on the podcast. Oh, okay. So, I well, mean, then I guess just I died right in. So bush. back to uh, good so, old Liz. We were yeah. uh, we were living in an apartment, a two bedroom apartment. My sister was our roommate, and so it was a very like weird living situation to begin with. But my sister and I are really close. You know, we share saliva and, and uh, no, no uh, nude yeah, photographs, incest. Yeah, twin. <laughs> I no, already said wind-cest. that once earlier. Yeah. Um, anywho, uh, I wasn't making really. Uh, neither of us were making really good money. We were just kind of like scraping by, and it didn't really help that she even comparative to me was terrible with money. So and you were John at state farm at that time. I was. Yes, so I, yes. I actually was kind of like, I, I say I wasn't making good money. I was, I was making fine money. I just wasn't being responsible. Yes. And there's a really big difference on that, that I can see now True. that I am forced to be responsible. I really just needed someone to rein me in and, and be like, you can't do that. And I would just complain and go, but I want to. That's fine, but you can't do that. And now, now things are better because uh, you you learn your limitations financially. So I guess that uh, Kristen never says no. Then, huh? yeah, I've always was looking for for, okay. for that. So. Well, she managed to say it to me, so I guess yeah. It's just... <laughs> Bro. Anyway, oof. While I was dating Liz in the the two years uh, that we were together, I think we were living together for a year and a half of it. Because if you're you're gonna be in a relationship, you might as well just rip that bandaid off, as I've said before. Yeah. True. Um, she had a number of jobs. When I first met her, she was working. Um, 
she wasn't a nurse. She was like a babysitter for the nurse when the nurse was away, but she wasn't medically trained at all. So it was like um, a hospice care facility, wasn't kind of, it? Yeah, something like that, where yeah. she would puff her chest out and say that she was, you know, she was basically in, in healthcare. Right. right. She was in healthcare the way that I'm in professional movies. Like... <laughs> Yeah, she would show up and spell whomever was giving the actual care and just spend a little time with the person to make sure they didn't fall down or asphyxiate. Till the actual RN would be available again. Right. She would watch them overnight. She would yes. stay there for the weekend or, or whatever was needed. I don't know. Rub don't one know. out in their bed, whatever. you know. Yeah. Rub uh, them out one. So something about that job that always striked me odd is that she seemed to have a lot of money every time she got paid. A lot. It was it was jarring. Like she was taking care of us. Like a, like before we we lived together, she's like, yeah, let's just go to these like fancy expensive dinners. Let's go buy this. Da, 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 da. And I was like, how the fuck can you afford this? She goes, oh well, you know, I don't get taxed, so uh, you know, I just just have a lot you're of like, money. Oh, so what you're was about to get was, taxed, baby girl. Oh, no. She was an independent contractor, and she didn't she knew it, but she didn't understand what it meant. So oh, she had to fill out an entirely separate form. So while oh. we were living together, she ended up getting fired from that job. Uh, which she framed as being forced to quit. Or was... right-sized. <laughs> you slept yeah. with one too many of the old people. <laughs> but I, any, I any... resemble that remark, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she, she ended up uh, not having that job anymore and had to get, you know, an actual text. <laughs> she had to fill out a W-2. She had to get, she, she went to work in retail again. She worked at a Lowe's. And while and we're... then she quit and wouldn't go back to get your Tupperware and her seven dollars. That did ah, happen. Yes, full circle. Um, but while she's working there, tax season rolls around, and to my parents' credit, like I, I can't say that a lot of things that they've tried to teach me ever stuck. But one thing that they they taught me that did was filing my taxes by myself like an adult should know how to do mm-hmm. uh so i got i got in her case too because it was it's just like one of those things that was instilled in me and i mean you know governmentally you have to fucking do it mm-hmm. and i always get excited now around tax season or i did back then because it meant that i had the potential to get free money or essentially you know money back that you yeah yeah paid, yeah but to get my money, money back free money is a better way to think about it I do my taxes as early as I can, get money back. I'm poor. Like, I'm, I'm living paycheck to paycheck, so that right. money is, is really important to me. Meanwhile, she, as she drags her feet and she does her taxes finally, and she owes just an enormous amount of money. And didn't like, file that I-9. <laughs> I think, I honestly think it was probably between fifteen to, like, $3,000 that she owed. <laughs> It was a lot of money. Jeez. To the tune, she did not file. Boom. Mic drop. She didn't file in that year. And I remember just it, those mo- like relationship-defining moments, but not in the good way, where you're like, I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> so this was all a really super long-winded way of saying that money was super tight. And, and so for was her, she. For her. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Uh it, but especially for her, because when we first met, she was definitely breadwinning mm-hmm. in the relationship. And then there is a shift where she's working at Lowe's. She quits Lowe's because she gets annoyed that she has to deal with customers. But then she goes and works at Sally's. And um, makes one joke about a fat guy. Yeah. <laughs> 
So this entire, t- the entire time that we're together, she's obsessed with old school Tumblr. And this is before Yahoo bought them. So before Yahoo bought Tumblr. And it's it basically probably, another porn site, basically, for lack of a better term. It, it, it's basically like the originator of like OnlyFans at this mm-hmm. point. Um, and she exclusively, I think 90% of what she followed and engaged with was just porn. Which to me at the time, I was like, this is fucking awesome. Like, cause you know, you, I'd never met someone in my life who was as in, ingrained like it was just part of their life like just, to me like like it's an everyday thing because you have to you know relieve some tension uh, you gotta get the white out <laughs> <laughs> so in some some way i don't know how how it came about she she came up to me she goes so i have someone on tumblr who messaged me and they're interested in me shooting some videos for them or sending some some pictures uh and they they want to pay me for it how do you feel I was like, kind of weird, but I mean, if, if it helps, like, at this point, if it, if it all helps the household, because the main thing that happens when you're not making enough money as a, as a couple is it's the easiest thing for you to latch on to, to hate each other over, because mm-hmm. that is one of those big trigger things. It's instantly imbued tension in any room, is we yeah. are not going to be able to get the bills paid. Exactly. So, it's like, you know what? It's harmless. And that's how I feel about it still to this day. Like, if, if like, for the OnlyFans, like, that is such a smart hustle. Yeah. It's a victimless um, crime, basically. Yeah. You are generating your own content. You control whether or not you're going to bring any other people into it. But as it were, she goes forward with the, the person who had contacted her, and they give her a list of things they want to see her do. And it's all video, and it all involves Banana a bread. dick <laughs> and her. And she comes up to me and she goes, I kind of need you to be involved. I need your dick. Can I <laughs> Pretty much. And I'd like to say that I wasn't like super jazzed, but I was absolutely jazzed about it because 100% no risk for me. Yes. My face is not in it. My penis is, but mm-hmm. like, what, what is it doing other than what I would be doing? You know, like, it's, it's and unless it's, you're Michael Jackson and you have severely identifiable marks down right. there. Right. It's not like I had, it. at that time, I didn't have a big thigh tattoo like I have now. Like, that would have been an identifiable thing, but I didn't have it then. It's like, all right, cool. So let's make some money together. And also, if she flubs. Do you actually have a thigh tattoo? Yeah, I do. It's. You don't have to show me. It's what's cramping right now, apparently. I believe you. It's a uh, Pistol Pete. It's a big, uh, big. Cactus wearing a, a sombrero, smoking a cigarette it's under a big an Arizona sausage sunset. pizza. Cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. It's a big yes, sausage pizza. yes, it's a big ah. sausage pizza. <laughs> so we make an afternoon out of it. I get properly drunk because uh, I can't imagine how porn stars do it. It was very unnerving to to think about. Even even though there's no risk, I was really in my head about it. See, but I there was an actual anxiety. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have thought you'd have gotten excited by the prospect of like if she messed up and like, hey, we got to start over. (laughs) I need to get different shots. I will say the exciting part was that there was a list, so there was like a guaranteed amount of things that I got to have fun with and like do, but it was all involving fellatio, and there were supposed to be like short little clips, and then the finale of it all was he wanted a, a money shot on her face. Okay, and we we did all the things, and we were doing it as a couple together to make money mm-hmm. and that that afternoon transpired and i i kind of like just put it away like out of out of out of sight out of mind and then a, a week or so goes by and i'm starting to think like it's near it's near rent time extra money would be cool and i hadn't heard anything from her about it and i would have assumed that i would have so i walk up to her 
I was like, hey, Liz, uh, you know, did you hear back from that guy yet? Like, did, did you get paid? Did you, did you whatever? And she goes, oh, well, yeah, it's funny because I, I sent him everything that he asked for, but I haven't gotten any money yet. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently the laws of commerce were not ever explained in the Lowe's or the uh, Sally's. Uh, and to this day, it's kind of the uh, Chekhov's gun of of porn for me, where there is a timeline. There is an, a there's a finite amount of time that's going to go by, and there's going to be a day where I'm on one of the sites, and I can almost guarantee that it's going to be there at some point. It's there already. It's just it's it's my tiny little dick in a huge haystack. Yep. Um, I told you. I also within months of you telling me this story saw on Tumblr a picture of a girl who looked exactly like Liz with a guy's like thighs basically, but it, it was a bulge in pants. And I was like, Oh dear God, I'm seeing John's pictures. Uh, this is, this is how we're ready. And then I, I knew it was a lie because this guy had a dick. Yeah. yeah. And oh. it was not John's. Well, so. what's, what's funny. And this will be like the, the epilogue is that after her and I broke up, uh, she got just as active on Tumblr as you'd expect. Like she got like a resurgence of activity on Tumblr and she ended up, I think she married the guy now, but I think he's the one who took the pictures, but she started posting before the buyout on Yahoo. She started posting lewds and nudes on mm-hmm. her Tumblr, just like that. So, I mean, if you want to like put a positive spin, at least she was super like body positive and super sex positive, mm-hmm. which I'll never, you know, judge somebody for, you know, within, exactly. you know, within reason, but yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so that's the story about how I never got paid to get sucked off on camera. But you are a porn star. Timothy uh, Lone Cactus has already made it out I'm in the world. one video, maybe three or four, depending on the, the clippings of it. And the edit, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, we is never that saw... Why, is that why you have a cactus on your thigh? <laughs> is to represent your porn name? I want to be identifiable when I make my sequel. That's important. Yeah, I'm tired of living in the shadows of her success. Branching out. <laughs> I like it. So technically, I didn't talk about porn. Technically. I, I mean, technically you did. I'm just, I'm tired of your girlfriend hating me. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> it's a really rough evening to come home to. And so I was like, God, why do you hang out with such pieces of filth? It's like, I am a piece of filth. She's like, yeah, about that. <laughs> And then you're like, listen, I didn't want to argue all night again. She's uh, like, hey, listen, why do you keep fucking our cats? It's like, I just want a little pussy. Remember, John? It's when I told you that you'd never be a successful writer because you don't have a creative mind. <laughs> I think that's going to wrap it. So, Michael, yeah. let's talk about young earth creationism. Oh, my God. I'll kill myself on camera. Well, uh, that's can we can we try to get some money for it this time, as opposed to just it being uh, get you know, half the pay up front? That's my record. Yes, let's let's ask for the money first. Yeah, George Carlin had a glorious bit about like the All Suicide Network. If you ever have a, an opportunity to check out his special, it's Life Is Worth Losing. He basically <laughs> just talks about death for about an hour. It oh, is I, hilarious. I think I heard about it because someone talked about uh, stand-up. It's probably me talking about Carlin because I've raved about this for a while. It's still my favorite special, I think. Someone talked about stand-up and how their favorite thing is you can hit on heavy topics, but then at the end you have to wrap it up and you have to, like, you don't have to, but, it, like, you should 
uh, bring it back around and end on optimism and hope. And they were talking about a Carlin stand-up where he did not do that. And he stayed the course of just nihilism almost to a T and just, there was no dismount. It was just like, okay, good night. And like, I, is that the stand-up that you're describing? Uh-huh. It's, it's funny. And I st- here's the thing. I was going to talk about this earlier and this is a beautiful, like, way to dovetail off of this because it's a good way to kind of really close up because uh, I want to hear myself talk. But no, I was thinking about this. So my mother worked with attorneys for the bulk of my sort of like teens. And so I was around a lot of lawyers. Go figure. I needed them in my adult yeah, life. Yeah, right. And uh, one in particular, Lou, would always talk about before he went into trial, he would watch movies about trials to relax himself because it's a very daunting process and there's a lot of things that have to be dedicated towards you going in preparing your statements making sure all of your stuff is researched so to just leaven the mood a little bit lighten himself up he would watch my cousin Vinny and the rainmaker these things about people who are completely inept and just fumble at every step and sort of stumble into grace basically and so I have a similar approach for when we're about to go into the studio is I will watch things that are similar about people just completely falling apart. So I put on some kind of monster last night. Oh my God. I need to rewatch that because I, I enjoy the documentary and it's whatever I need to reaffirm with myself, how fucked up most musicians are. That's a great segue into it. I'm like, okay, well let's watch these people. But they made a joke at their own expense in the course of that documentary about like, well, we can basically make anything work. We'll just throw, you know, we'll work our way and maneuver through it. Like we did that really well on load and reload. (laughs) And they all laughed. And it reminded me, I don't know why I ever felt I would be successful as a musician. Because all of my albums that I really love are the ones that perform poorly and everyone else pans. So my favorite Metallica record is Load. Yeah, it is. Uh, For good reason. But, like, that is the one that, to me, most emblematic, like, has a lot of really catchy riffs, great hooks, and things that I like. But it's panned as being this horrible record that everyone can stand. My favorite Def Leppard record was Slang, which was their, like, 90s alt-rock attempt that was horribly panned. And every, it, their worst selling album by far. And they just say it's like, yeah, it's a horrible mistake. It's my favorite material from them. Okay. So there is some sort of hardwired wavelength in my head that doesn't sync up with the rest of reality. And so whereas everybody else like pour some sugar on me, I'm like, no, I want angsty Def Leppard <laughs> where it's really <laughs> atmospheric and spacey and it has all the beautiful sort of lush vocal harmonies you would otherwise you have. One footed Def Leppard. Right? Basically. Yeah. Yes. Not one armed. Yeah. So, but it's just an odd thing. So I was just sort of running down that sequence in my head of like, do you tend to like the, cause even the, like my favorite Beatles song is a song called Yes It Is, and John Lennon has openly said it was the worst song he ever wrote in his <laughs> mind. He's like, that's the one that sucks. He's like, well, that's the one I like. So do you notice that, or do you tend to skew towards, like, I love the hits, so I'm like a an Justice for All Metallica fan, or I just hate Metallica altogether? I would counter it with the um, Doctor Sleep <clears throat> bit between both Dan and Abra and... Uh, Snakebite Andy and Rose, where it's, are they still human? Are you still human? And do you do care? Do you care? Yeah. Um, where, and it's also kind of playing back to what you said last week, where at a certain point, I, 
I'm going to like what I'm going to like. And if it's successful, then that that's cool. But if it's not successful, then I'm not going to boo it just, just because it didn't reach fame. Yeah. Uh, To that degree, like I still hit you up uh, with regularity when I dip my toes back into bands that I affectionately call the moped bands, you know, where like, you're not going to brag about your, brag about it to your friends, but you know, if they came over and it was on, like you wouldn't turn it off. Like, Hey, like, Here's the Seether record that I love. Sit <laughs> yeah, back like and there, enjoy. Yeah, there there are certain bands <clears throat> and certain songs and certain things that you just you just grow up with. They they make you in the time that you hear them, and you can't really turn that off. Yeah. You can see them for what they are now. Like you, Shane, like you can listen to those albums and you can be aware enough to say that they aren't successful. Like they weren't the most commercially successful. You can have the, the John Lennon song that, you know, he is, he wishes he could write out of existence uh-huh. or, you know, Haley Williams now saying that misery business doesn't reflect her views on womanhood or, uh, you know, sisterhood, but it doesn't change the fact that they existed in the time that they did. And they meant something then. Right. Um, and, and why you have to retcon those things either. Yeah. It's just, so it's yeah. true. That's so, also true. Yeah. That was yeah, my really, earlier answer. It, but taste is so subjective, which is, it mm-hmm. dovetailed off of what we were talking about last week with Alien and like judging movies and all these other things. I was like, it really is relative. Every podcast is somebody's favorite podcast. We are on that lexicon for somebody. Everybody, like there's always someone's first comic, someone's first film, someone's favorite album. There's somebody out there who loves Damn the Weather enough. Oh, wait, we're recording a podcast with them. So, <laughs> like, it's just funny ah. that when these things all start sort of rearing their ugly heads. But, yeah, I was just thinking about that on the way over because I listened to Load all the way through in the car on the way over here nice. after work. So I was like, I need to remind myself. And, I yeah, think, it still uh, holds up. I think my homework before Friday or during the course of Friday to Wednesday is I'm going to uh, – well, Michael uh, – the song we're we're gonna go into the, the studio to record the last of the songs that we had wrote uh, four or five years ago. So it's kind of like a really big end of a chapter uh, that we started a really long time ago. So it's felt like this. It has been just just an immense amount of work that we like didn't really anticipate. But the we, interminable process, basically. Um, I mean, that's fair given the stuff that your band has gone through and everything like that. I would say it definitely feels like it. It would feel like it. To yeah. Me. So. I'm going to bookend this process by watching a movie that we watched, or that you had me watch, when we recorded the very first set of songs for the concept. So I will be watching Inside Lewin Davis uh, from the Coen Brothers uh, in the course of this next week at some point. And I think the reason that I haven't watched it since I originally did is because, goddamn, does it not make you feel good to be alive and a musician by the end of it. Yeah, um, certainly. John Goodman can't polish off the dirt on <laughs> on the emotions that you feel of uh, being a creative at the end of that movie. <laughs> yeah, it is really, it, it, you know, it kind of pokes fun at the pretension of being a musician and being like, you know, Oh, I want to share my feelings with everybody. And his, you know, rant to his sister, you don't release your early stuff. It ruins the mystique. Like just, he's a deplorable human being through the entire thing, but you and I have an ingrained empathy because we are those people. So like every single turn where he falls flat on his face, you're like, Oh God, every bad discussion with a girl that he slept with that he shouldn't have, you know, just every horrible situation. It's a well shot script, like highly scripted version of once. Yes. And that's why I liked it. And it's the dark side, the, uh, the yin to the raging yang of once is inside the will and Davis. Cool. (laughs) 
<laughs> Michael, how did you enjoy your episode? Thanks, Holly. Yeah. Uh, the I enjoyed it. It was good. What? What are we at? Every oh, episode is the new longest episode. Yeah. Uh, In case you haven't noticed that this is our new reality, Michael, where we are desperately trying to push this every year and every time we record. It, yeah. Look at it as an exercise. You carried some of a conversation for almost an hour and a half. I carried about 10% of the conversation for about... And last week it was five. See, we're making progress. (laughs) A thimble full of water means the world and the difference between life and death to someone who is parched. Oh my god. And seeing as we get about a thimble full of your conversation for most of our podcasts, I feel like it was a monumental change. Yeah. Sure. I watched you change. If it helps you guys sleep Into a thimble. Huh? It was like you never had wings. <laughs> and on that note, yeah. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, you don't nah, get to close this. Nah, I'm going to yeah. keep talking. No. I have another 20 minutes worth of discussion here. Please, Michael, no. tell me about your pubic hair. What? How well have you maintained it? Because Manscaped needs to be our next sponsor. Yeah, I mean, my I back mean, hair alone means I need at least two of the lawnmowers being worked in circles in order to get down to those, you know, crop yeah, configurations. I that would I say need. that I, I would like to trim my scrum. Yes. And not bleed. So I, as anyone who's yeah. ever nicked their ball sack before will tell you, that is a traumatic event. And the children down the street have still yet to recover from my initial foray, so. <gasps> Well, you have Reload to listen to on your way home. That was the plan. I'm not going to lie. I actually was planning on doing that. I, I was going to transition to either that or the Def Leppard album. I would do uh, Reload. That's probably the way it's going to go. But uh, if you want to Reload, then you can listen to this again next week as it pops back up. Or you can listen to us every week. You want to know how you can do that? Well, you can follow us here. You can like and subscribe. And if you love what we do, you can rate and review. You can find us on the social networks at facebook.com slash disinformedpodcast. You can find us on Instagram, also at disinformedpodcast. And if you're on the Twitters, you can weigh in on our poll that is up presently. And no, it's not John's that was photographed while being with good old Liz. It is a poll for what topic you would like me to discuss next. And so amongst them, we have, I believe, the Marfa Lights, the Night Witches, the Exorcist myths uh, around the show, and then, uh, what is the, what is the fourth one? It doesn't matter. Space to the Exorcist. Okay, well, that it's the way it's looking. But if you want to change that fate, ladies and germaphobes, you can weigh in there. So dive in, and you can find us on Twitter, at DisinformedPod. And that is going to wrap it up for another scintillating and off-topic, on-topic discussion that we have had here at the Disinformed Podcast. So for all of us crazy kids down here in the... (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) For all of us crazy kids down here in the good old clapping... For all of us here that are just waiting for the corona to crawl up our ass and kill us from the inside, I'm Shane. I'm John. (laughs) And I'm Michael. Thanks for coming, kids. Don't worry, it's probably contagious. (laughs) I can't believe you said those things.
<laughs> I had to give us at least another five minutes here and make Michael edit this for the next ten years. So, 